Hey guys, welcome back to Chaos Movies. You're with Chris. I'm going to do a quick one. It's middle of the day, just finished a job and going to head out to the gym. So I thought I'd just drop a quick one I watched last night. Um, I was quite surprised by this movie. It's a um, 2018 flick called Proud Mary. Um, very simple storyline. Uh, it was directed by um, Babak Najif or Najafi, I think is the way it's pronounced. <laughs> I didn't get that right. He was the director of um, London Has Fallen with um, Morgan Freeman and um, Gerard Butler and Aaron Eckert, which I love that one. I hated Angel Has Fallen. That's a piece of shit. Um, and apparently there's another one coming, which I'm not even going to bother, but uh, let's not go down that road. Uh, Proud Mary is, a, as I said, very simple storyline, narrative, whatever you want to call it. Uh, lead actor is, um, I don't want to get a name wrong, but I think it's, it's Taraji P. Hansen. She... She's normally a funny chick, right? She's a sexy, sexy black woman, and she is a hit, a hit woman or a hit man in this movie. And she's always, she's been one before, which kind of brought me into it because I was like, "Hang on, she's from Smoking Aces, right? She's the psychotic Alicia Keys psychotic lesbian girlfriend in that movie." And if you've watched Smoking Aces uh, or haven't watched it, it's fucking amazing. She's the psycho with the fifty caliber bloody. Sniper, um, Barrington, whatever it's called, popping off shots from the other side of the building when she thinks Alicia Keys is dead. So that kind of put me in the swing. Yeah, I could actually see her in a hit woman role. Uh, Denny Glover bolsters this movie, Billy Brown, and obviously a young boy that's in it. His name's Jai D. Allo Winston. Um, all the other characters are just fill-ins. This movie sort of reminded me a bit of Romeo Must Die with Jet Li and um, – um, Alicia, no, a liar actually. Um, rest of, rest in peace, a liar. Uh, and in the way of there's territory in this one, there's Russians and there's the there's the Americans that own certain parts of the territory. Whereas in Romeo Must Die, it's the Asians own half of this side of the river, and then the Americans own the other half. And there's a turf war going on. In this one's real simple. It starts off with basically. They, don't, they give everything away, really. At the start, she is ordered to hit someone and she takes care of it. And obviously, she's not thorough enough because, to be honest, um, maybe they don't care, but normally you do your homework and just for your own safety as a hitman to find out whether there's someone else hiding in the house that you might want to take care of too. Um, but obviously, she kills the guy and then looks around and she hears the noise in the bedroom and finds out that he's got a son. I'm assuming he's about eight, nine or ten years old at the time. And um, when she walks out of the house, she sees a photo of the young boy, and it, it, it's set up to set up to um, tell you that he's going to be an orphan now. And obviously, she's a woman, which is hard because she must have a, you know, every woman has that mother instinct um, inserted in them. So when she sees the photo, she automatically feels guilty. And then for the next year, I assume she follows him around and just keeps and keeps a watchful eye on him. Um, the kid, um, Danny is his name in the movie. He's amazing, actually. He could really go places. Just just in this short, I mean, he's a bit pretentious at sometimes, but but and a bit, but you know, he's a freaking orphan kid. They don't really give you much of a backstory on him. They just go a year into the future after his dad got killed, and then all of a sudden he's working for this Russian Russian mob boss who's connected to the whole Russian syndicate, which own half the turf that the Americans don't. So, you know. And he opens with a, a drug delivery, He's delivering a package to this guy. And um, 
man, he's cool. He's acting sweet. He just comes in and this guy tries to short him and he's like pulls out a gun. He's holding it, no shakes, nothing. His eyes mean business. He, he's like a 12-year-old who spent like five years on the street fending for himself. Only He's only had a year. So assuming he must have learned some stuff from his dad. You don't really know. You just have to paint a picture. What annoys me is that he's got such a tough exterior when it comes to delivering this package to this this druggie. And when he gets shorted, he actually wants, his, um, wants the total amount of money owed to him given. And then, of course he takes another 500 for himself and the other guy's like, oh, well, you know, I only shorted your 500. Why are you taking a thousand? He's like, what, this is what's up. I'm 12 years old. Fuck it. So he takes it and he goes and buys himself something. And then when he runs into the Russians uh, named uncle, um, gives him the money, the guy literally obliterates him with the biggest backhand ever, almost knocks the kid unconscious and basically puts him in his place and says, don't ever steal from me again, even though he made him an extra thousand. He says, don't steal from him again. And I'm like, well, they don't really give you much of a backstory for that. And I wish they would because this kid has some balls. And yet when he comes up against this Russian guy who probably doesn't look as scary as the guy he was dealing the drugs to, he just copped a backhand and that was it. He was bleeding from the ear and he's all dazed and confused and sent off on another drug run. And, of course, this is where he crosses uh, Mary's path. Um, and um, she takes him in, you know, out of guilt. She's been following him for a while and this is the thing. Once she – it's like she finds out this kid gets hurt by the Russian and she just just goes next level, doesn't even think. She just turns into mother mother mode and just fucking obliterates the Russians in their own house and then this is, starts the turf war and this is the, the internal battle that she has, right? He's not free from the loss of his dad and she's not free from her own life even though she's in this family that raised her. Danny Glover is the basically the head of the – head of the table there with the, the son who's, you know, absolutely in love with her. Um, it's, it's got a lot of connecting little things. You meet a person at the start, you might see him at the end. You meet this happens and they say this and this happens and he says that and then she's like, oh, shit. It's just like a back and forward thing. You, you can see the setup coming. So check it out. Look, as I said, when you, when you start off with this movie, there's no surprises, no hidden this or that. You'll see it coming as it goes along. Just enjoy it for what it is. I enjoyed it because it's good to see her in roles like this. I'm a big fan of funny people or comedy actors or just general rom-com actors who want to push the boundaries and go into a sinister role or a hitman role and actually pull it off. You know, like We're not talking Ryan Reynolds and Samuel Jackson like – Friggin' Hitman Bodyguard stuff, you know, those guys can pop in and out of roles all the time. They don't need to change their abilities. They are who they are, and you know it's Ryan Reynolds every time. He is a brand on his own. But for this girl, Taraji, um, she is – you'd think she'd be something from Scary Movie, right? Like she'd be that funny little girl in the background. But when she does Smoking Aces and this, really pulls off. Danny Glover, you know, he's getting old. He's doing his thing. I still love him from all my Lethal Weapon days. Um, he's just filling the time in, making the money, and, and that's good. But you just want to see how it all unfolds. It's a standard storyline. You know, she grows a conscience. She wants to look after the boy. Let me go. I won't say anything. They're like, nah, you can't because, you know, blood in, blood out. So blah, 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 blah. And that's it. One thing I will say is there's not one fucking police car. And I found this. I did. I'm, I I didn't find this out on my own by watching it. I was reading a lot of reviews about it and uh, someone mentioned it. I'm like, you know what? It's just like John Wick. That, well, there is only ever one cop in John Wick 
And even in the second movie, there's no cops. And then the third movie, well, far out, looks like there's no cops in the world. And in this movie, the shootouts that go on in broad daylight or in houses, you know, echo for, echo for miles, no, no police. This movie is pretty much just going to lay it out, the internal battle between how her guilt created a turf war, not necessarily with the Russians, but within her own house, right? And that's the, that's the coolest part. So as I said, I just wanted to keep it short. Check it out. Actually, I did, I did realize that the script writer for this movie, um, I think the reason why it does have a bit of – there's a few screenwriters or writers, but the reason why I think it does have a bit of edge is because the main guy, he's, he's the writer of uh, Get Shorty, the sole writer of Get Shorty. I think his name is um, John Stewart. And that movie was great. Get Shorty and then the sequel, Be Cool. Um, fantastic film. So when you, when you wonder why a movie that's got low – sort of low expectations and you find it pretty good and you just don't know why, sometimes you've got to look into the background and find out, look, the director, London has fallen. It's pretty simple to see. That was a pretty good movie. A lot of guns, a lot of fighting, a lot of shooting. And then, of course, the writer, Get Shorty, a lot of twists and turns and a lot of pullbacks and, and um, you know what? Well done. 2018 film, Proud Mary. Have a watch. Have a listen first, then have a watch. And as always, I'll see you again soon. Bye-bye.